The biggest hurdle between me and eating healthy, delicious meals for lunch is decision fatigue. Honestly, by the time lunchtime rolls around, I've already made like a thousand decisions from what my toddler should wear to how much I want to argue with her about how you have to brush your teeth in the morning, you know? <laughs> for sure, for sure. No, I absolutely agree. And like I have taken to doing meal preps or like buying a bunch of ready to eat meals to like heat up quickly. And I recently tried Factor. And let me tell you, Factor is like 12,000 steps above and beyond any ready to meet eat meal I have ever tried before. That's right. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious ready to eat meals. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef curated, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And there are more than 60 add ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started and get after your goals. I tried the two-minute meals where I could fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat wherever you are. And they also offer pancakes, smoothies, and more. There's a wide variety of easy options throughout the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Plus, there's no prep and no mess. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup required. Factor is also flexible for your schedule. You can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Factor is the perfect solution when you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required. And you don't want to make any more decisions because you're exhausted, like me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Factor is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash justbreakup50 and use code justbreakup50 to get 50% off. That's code justbreakup50 at factormeals.com slash justbreakup50 to get 50% off. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. And today we're going to answer a letter from somebody who is wondering how to start dating again. But before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that Sierra and I are not licensed mental health practitioners. No, we are not. We're definitely not professionals or trained in any of this. We're just two people with a microphone in 2024. And lots of opinions. So please take our advice as you see fit. We're just here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs about the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. All right, let's get into today's letter. Uh, our letter today comes from Chronically Single, whose pronouns are she, her, who is writing from The Void. Hi, Sam and Sierra. I discovered your podcast a few months ago and look forward to listening every week. Thank you for sharing your compassionate advice and reflections. I'm reaching out for your thoughts and advice as I am struggling with re-entering the dating world after many years of being single. I wanted to let you know as a trigger warning that I mentioned my history of abuse and trauma and self-harm in this letter. 
I am a woman in my mid-30s. I had an active dating life in my 20s and met and dated a lot of people through mutual friends, work, and dating apps. When I first moved abroad for work about six years ago, I had a few short-lived three to six-month relationships. I ended my last relationship shortly before the pandemic started and haven't dated since. I have never been in a relationship that lasted more than a year. This is a difficult subject for me to write about, but I think it's important to mention that I experienced chronic abuse from my mother growing up and as a young adult. This included punishments like sleep deprivation, withholding food, and walking out slash leaving me alone at home and not telling me when she would be back. I was isolated from my friends, culminating in no contact from them outside of school in my teen years. I was subject to her outbursts of rage, followed by silent treatment lasting for days, Mm. violations of emotional boundaries like parentification, and many other things that I can now name as abuse. As a child, I coped by numbing myself to my own emotions. I engaged in self-harming behaviors as a teenager and struggled for many years with my poor emotional regulation and anxiety. As an adult, I became a people pleaser and someone who withdrew from confrontation or any situation that provoked big emotions as I found them just too difficult to deal with. I have been in therapy on and off over the course of the past five years to address my mental health and have been making huge strides. I still struggle with anxiety, but can recognize anxious feelings and thought patterns and address them when they come up. Big emotions seem less terrifying to me now, and I don't feel so ashamed to experience and express them. I share more of those feelings with close friends, and I feel more confident than ever in setting and honoring my boundaries in my work and personal life. Most days, I am happy with my single life and love that it affords me so much independence, flexibility, free time, etc. I have fulfilling hobbies and a growing circle of friends in the city where I am living. I have been working on myself and I can positively reflect on my own growth and my ability to keep growing and healing, whether or not I am dating or have a partner in my life. At the same time, I deeply desire companionship and intimacy. I would love to share my life with a partner and I think I have so many good qualities to bring to a relationship. I feel held back by this nagging fear that I will revert to old habits and shut down emotionally when things get hard and drive my partners away. I'm also unsure of how to broach my past with a partner and worry about judgment or reflection from partners because I don't keep close ties with my family anymore. I sometimes wonder if I will always struggle with intimacy as a survivor of abuse. Are the what ifs holding me back? After so long off the dating market, should I ease into something casual and low stakes? I don't know if that was a lot to take on, but I would welcome your thoughts. All right, my darling, thank you so much for writing and for trusting us with this question and for listening. Um, We are thrilled to answer it. Um, I first want to say that I'm so proud of you for all of the work you've put into unpacking how you were treated as a young person. I think that that behavior from your parent is so incredibly, um, I'm just so disappointed (laughs) not to use the ultimate like mom word but like uh it's so heartbreaking um the ways in which our parents can take advantage of our innocence and of our unconditional love especially early on and I'm so proud of you for being able to name all of that behavior and how unacceptable it is and I also want to point out that that in of itself makes me so interested in you. It makes me drawn to you as somebody who can, let me just put it this way. You know, 
if I was in the dating world right now, I would not be seeking out someone who had a perfect childhood. I would not be seeking out someone who have had who had a a a tender, blessed and comfortable life. Right. Because I because I know most importantly, I know how unrealistic of an expectation that is what I would be seeking would be someone who could talk about what has happened to them in their lives and apply their understanding of their past to their present, AKA grant themselves the opportunity to have a response, a different response instead of that hurt reaction. So this makes you so attractive to me. You know, I've said this before when people have written in about like concerns about being in, you know, inexperienced or, uh, chronically single as the letter writer said and I just have to say that your fear what you fear will disconnect you from people is what makes you connect to me it's a superpower right and I know we've been taught by everything under this goddamn sun that that when we are damaged we are undesirable but I just want to offer you something different that like this makes you your ability to articulate that and your desire to work on yourself makes you so appealing to me. You are, you are infinitely dateable <laughs> as well as unconditionally loved by me already. So with that intro out the way, Sam and I are going to get into the, um, the world of dating, um, the world of dating, when we fear that we are not good enough to date or that we'll ruin things, um, but first we are going to take a very quick break. All right. Y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of just break up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on zoom, like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into zoom, I comment on their outfit and I swear like 99% of the time I'm like, Oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because <laughs> love it. <laughs> honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q U I N C E.com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right, head and heart workers, you know I'm all about tackling our money shame. 
and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. <laughs> Stop wasting yeah. you money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. <laughs> Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. All right, everyone. Welcome back. Chronically Single. Thank you so much for writing to us. Um... Yeah, I think that Sierra is absolutely right um, to to say that, you know, I think one of the things that helps make us good partners to other people is this ability to reflect on our own patterns, our own desires, our own boundaries and preferences, and be able to understand those deeply enough that we can understand where we can articulate them and where they're like important to us. And also that they're ours, right? That we need to be flexible around them, that we can't expect everyone to, you know, cater to our every need slash that we do have some needs that need to be met, right? Like I think that people who have done the type of self-awareness work that you have been doing are, are able to sort of navigate that important balance between, you know, making sure that we are, asking for what we need while also recognizing that we have the ability to flex and adapt towards other people and help meet their needs as well. And, you know, I, I really appreciate that over the course of the last few years, you've been like building up some of these tools to try out and to say, okay, I'm going to work on this with my friends to say, how do I, how do I navigate this tricky situation with them? Or how do I, you know, show up with big emotion and realize that I'm not out of control. I'm just having a big emotion and that people will love me even with those big emotions. Like, I, I think that that's really wonderful. And I think that the doing that work is gonna, is equipping you to be able to handle that in a romantic relationship as well, right? Like those same tools that you've been using, that you've been developing are going to work in that same situation. And also romantic situations are different, right? Romantic relationships are inherently different than friendships, are inherently different than familial relationships, just because there's like a different set of parameters. And so what I think you're going to find as you put yourself out there, as you begin to engage in relationship with folks, is that sometimes those tools will work really well and sometimes they won't work as well. And that is okay. <laughs> you know, like I want to, I also, I want to just create the space for the idea of like being ready to date doesn't mean 
that we have every single tool we'll ever need and that we're perfectly healed, you know, right. Of course, you're going to learn stuff from being in relationship with people where you're going to try something out and it's going to work so well. It's going to unlock an entirely different level of intimacy with the person, right? And you're going to have places where you're going to use a tool that you've developed in therapy and it's going to not work, right? It's going to it's going to not unlock something. It's going to come up against a wall. It's going to to trigger something. And that is okay, right? The, the process isn't that we're suddenly perfectly equipped with every tool that we need so that we can like, I don't know, we're like some sort of like super handyman where we just like any problem. Yeah. We're like, boop, 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 <laughs> boop, right? No, I'm, I'm really attracted to that idea. <laughs> but, <laughs> but instead... <laughs> It's about going into relationship with people with the knowledge that sometimes we're going to backslide, right? Sometimes we're going to be really present and in the moment it's going to feel so really good. Sometimes it's going to feel like a little crunchy and we don't quite know why and we're not sure what to do about it, right? Like all of those things are going to happen, but we're committing to this process of noticing what's coming up for us, noticing the patterns that, that we're telling ourselves are happening, Noticing what we're trying, what we're not trying, and seeing if we want to try something different. Like, those are the actual skills. They don't make everything perfect and rosy and, like, we're suddenly never going to get into conflict with a partner. or We're never going to backslide a little bit. But reminding ourselves that we always have those things to come back to is really the work, right? Like, that's the the therapeutic, the mindfulness practices to come back to the idea of, yes, let's return to the things that we know to be true. doesn't mean that we go someplace else all because we will always like, we'll go to that place where it's like, this person hates me because like of my mother, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. That's the place your brain wants to go, but you are now practiced in the invitation back into something different. And that's, that's the key. Yes. I think that's so beautifully said. And, And adding to that, like not only, are you not only are you not required to be perfectly healed before you seek out connection from someone else, but I also want to add that like dating is is essentially and unfortunately and weirdly like, I don't want to call it like a numbers game, but it is a lot about luck and timing and like where you are and who you meet then. And it's not some sort of like cosmic gift. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) That's real. (laughs) It's not like, it's not like you have to be fully healed and then for somebody to come into your life fully healed and then you meet each other. You know, it's, it, I I am stumbling on my words because like, it's a gift. Of course it's a gift. All human connection is a gift. And also there's not you're not being cosmically denied when you don't meet anyone or don't connect with someone or when maybe your, your triggers come out or whatever. Um, it's, it's just about meeting people and finding people and practicing your humanity with other people and practicing connection. You don't have to walk through that threshold and be like, okay, I'm fully ready to date because I'm, I've got all my shit in order. You know what I mean? I think it's noble. I think it's noble to be like, wow, I feel really unhealed right now or whatever. But like I said in the intro, you know, imagine a world in which you met somebody who had a similar but different lived experience than you from childhood. Like 
what if you met somebody who had an equally shitty, egotistical, narcissistic parent, right? And think of the ways you could connect. Think of the bridges to intimacy and vulnerability. If that person was working on their shit and you're working on your shit, like that is true connection to me right there. Um, so I would say broaden your perspective on your quote unquote baggage and recognize not only does everybody have baggage, but baggage is how we connect to one another. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, because all of us have it and <laughs> like that is, uh, we're all carrying it around all the time. Um, and you know, I think this question of like, should I ease into something casual? Should I keep it low stakes? Um, I'm not necessarily opposed to that. Um, and I also want to say that, like, I don't know that you can curate a perfect dating process that's going to lead you into a relationship that's not right. fraught or like a situation where you don't have moments of that baggage suddenly springing open and all of your stuff going everywhere. Right. Like, so, again, it's like I I absolutely want you to think about, like, what am I comfortable with? Um, how am I doing this in a way that is protecting my peace and making sure that I'm doing the self-care practices that I've been working on over the course of the last few years? And I also want to like, I just don't want you to get too focused on a process that's going to lead to an outcome that's never going to happen, which is that, like. I'm never going to get hurt or I'm never going to, I'm never going to show my ugly side to people or I'm never going to like be seen right. as quote unquote the monster that I am or whatever it is. And I instead want you to say like, what does it look like for you to take this dating stuff one day at a time? What does it look like for you to sort of continue yeah. to check in with yourself and say, does this feel right? Does this feel good? Or is there something else that I should be doing? And again, it sounds like you are going to be pretty practiced at that as somebody who has been doing some of this therapeutic work for yourself. But it's it's not necessarily about the right process to get the perfect end result. It's more about the the day by day checking in, flexing and adapting based on what you what's happening around you, how you're feeling about it. That's going to lead to, I don't know if you're going to like, I can't guarantee a perfect outcome, whatever that might be, but that is least going to put dating in its proper place in the perspective of your life, right? It's going to put it in a place of what is it feeling like for me today in the short term, in the near term, in the long term, while also not just being like, okay, I need to find a person in order to be happy and complete, right? Or like, I need to follow this set yeah. of steps in order to achieve the final goal, which is like fully actualized in a relationship human, right? Like the goal is yeah. to live. <laughs> the goal is to like make yeah. it to tomorrow. And if that is the thing that you need to do, if dating is a part of that, today, tomorrow, and the day after, that's great. But if it, it doesn't have to be right, like you don't have to find yes. love and relationship in order to be a fully actualized human being, if that makes sense. Yes, definitely. Um, I want to add like one piece of small, uh, tangible advice that maybe you can apply, like practicing taking the pressure off of yourself, just sort of, and adding some levity to the, to how you're going to put yourself out there in the new year. You know, you can think about dating as a hobby. <laughs> you can think about dating as this sort of casual, no pressure sort of 
place that you're choosing to spend your time in the new year. You know, you're like, oh, what are your hobbies? Oh, I enjoy baking and um, I'm dating this season yeah, of my life. I love that. <laughs> you know, and you can you can think of it in terms of like these are just social interactions and I'm going to follow the ones that feel good. I'm going to follow the ones that I'm drawn to, um, you know. Even meeting up with people, tell yourself like, okay, this is just an hour of my life. It's a hobby. I'm going to see how this feels. I'm going to see where this goes. I'm going to learn from this one and and adapt my next one accordingly. You know, um, I think that not only does society put a lot of pressure on romantic connections and we shame singleness in such a weird fucked up way. Uh, we also put so much internalized pressure on ourselves to be doing dating, quote, right and then if it's not working, we're doing it wrong. And then it becomes this bigger thing in the room than it actually c could be. You know, it can just be your 2020 resolution. Oh, I'm going to start. I'm going to take up dating, <laughs> you know, just like somebody would take up cross country skiing, it. you know. <laughs> um, the last thing I want to say uh, before we before we send you off is just expanding um Expanding on a sentiment Sam was saying, just to say dating and any form of human connection is a practice in allowing yourself to be seen. And you can practice allowing yourself to be seen, you know, partially or fully in all, there's like a spectrum, right? I think about like in the beginning of dating, I like put on nice makeup and like make sure my outfit looks uh -huh, good. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Love that. <laughs> and that's a practice of me being seen in a very particular way. And then as the intimacy grows, as the connection grows, or as I choose to accept and love myself more fully, the, the amount that I allow people to see me grows, you know, even like, even in my marriage, even on this podcast, you all see more and more of me. You see me, you know, unshowered in the video. Mm -hmm. You see me, you see me when I feel inarticulate and when I feel triggered and when I feel at a loss for words, you know, that's just like a microcosm of allowing that of that connection being a practice of being seen and you did it here letter writer you reached out to us this might be anonymous but you allowed us to see you um and we like what we see with all of the baggage with all of the history included we like what we see and so you know if if part of your 2024 resolution is to date as a hobby then the other part of it is to practice sitting in the potential discomfort and eventual, you know, euphoria of allowing yourself to be fully seen by other people. I love that. I love that so much. All right, chronically single. Uh, here's to hoping that you are not chronically single in this 2024 year uh, and that your your hobby of dating goes well. Um, we really appreciate all of the time and care and intention that you have poured into yourself over the course of the last few years. And Sierra and I know that that care that you've taken of yourself is going to move outwards uh, into care and kindness for other people in your family, uh, including your friends and any potential uh, partners that you may get to know this year. Uh, but thank you so much for writing. We love you. We love you so much.
All right, everyone. It's the last episode of the week. And on Fridays, we give you our blind date, which is when we try and send you home with something that we think you are really going to like. This week, we want to set you up with... All right, (laughs) y'all. It's a documentary on a cult that you can watch on (laughs) HBO. It's called Love Has Won, The Cult of Mother God. Mm -hmm. And... Mm -hmm. I have I have found it difficult I, I to watch like cult documentaries lately. I've even I've even kind of like tapped out of true crime. Um cuz I just don't want to be depressed all the time. Legit. Um but I will say this was a very unique um sort of cult. <laughs> <laughs> it was a spiritual group and it was just um it's it's bizarre and also familiar and um that's all I'll say <laughs> like if you're if you're interested in anything I've said already you should go watch that but the my biggest pitch the honestly the 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 big reason why I enjoyed this documentary other than um some per- personal connections I have to it are is the fact that um, the person who made the documentary made a really great executive choice of um, uh, of exclusively interviewing people involved in this scenario, whether it's like family members of the cult participants or the remaining members themselves. There was no like interview with like the cult uh, with like a cult uh, expert yeah. specialist, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, um, there was like barely interviews of people um, on the outskirts of this group, and it gave the it, it created a really powerful narrative throughout the whole. It's a three part documentary, um, and if you're interested at all in conspiracy theories and um, extreme spiritualism. Um, Definitely check it out. It's called Love Has Won, The Cult of Mother God. You can watch the trailer on HBO Max or you can watch the whole thing there as well. Uh, I thought it was, honestly, I was turned on to it by watching um, Jonathan Van Ness's Instagram story (laughs) in which they were just like, they like made a a shocked face (laughs) and were totally silent being like, this is my... This is my reaction to it. I sent it to Sam yes. in a screen and recording so now I'm because it I love them. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I have lots of thoughts about it. Maybe you guys can come chat with me about it on our next Office Hours. Ooh, yeah. mm-hmm. Check it out. Love has one. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. If you are interested in more content from us or if you would like access to our monthly office hours, which is when Sierra and I hop on Zoom with our patrons and just talk about cults uh, and also answer people's questions, (laughs) uh, you can do that live. live. You you can do that on uh, Patreon. If you support us for as little as $5 a month, you'll get an additional bonus weekly episode as well as access to that uh, office hours. We're trying to get 100 patrons this month month, uh, January, 2024. Uh, so please, uh, if you can, if you've been thinking about it now is the time to do it. That's patreon.com slash just break up pod.
You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you could submit your questions about all matters of the heart at justbreakuppod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise. Please remember to like, follow, subscribe, give us a five-star rating and review. This literally keeps our mics on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Just Break Us is a production of Duvid Media, original music, recording, editing, producing all magical things by our good friend Spencer Worth Davis. Make sure to check out his podcast and music. And remember, it's 2024. You deserve to be loved and seen and held for everything that you are. All the bad things that happened and all the good things, all the mistakes and all the successes. We all have baggage. This doesn't make us different or undesirable. This is the bridge to our connection. And if all else fails, just break up.